Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, seven and nine in a fight over who is number one, we'll cut through the spin. Just why was an actor fired from the role he's played for decades? And how I almost missed my big chance to appear on Channel 7's The Morning Show, thanks to a technical nightmare. It's a classic TV tale. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box, the podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello, I'm Rob McKnight, the panel in just a moment. But first, it was during this week in 2009 that Disney bought one of the biggest franchises in the world. Thirteen years ago, the Walt Disney Company announced a deal to acquire Marvel Entertainment for $4 billion, buying the rights to over 5,000 characters in the cinematic universe. As of 2019, only a decade later, Disney had earned more than $18 billion at the global box office, and with more movies, series and theme parks to come, it turned out to be a very lucrative deal for the House of the Mouse. All right, let's meet our team. In the house tonight, we have Philip Kosh, the man who knows where the bodies are buried. Hello, Philip. Hi, Rob. <laughs> you love that description, don't you, Philip? <laughs> well, I, I need to know where more of the bodies are buried. <laughs> <laughs> that's the plug. That's how we get, get them to come to you, Rob, Phil. That's right. That's right. Matthew Simmons is a contributor to TV Black Box. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Thanks again. David Robertson is the reporter's reporter. He joins us. Hello, Robbo. Hello there, boys. Hello there. And tonight our special guest is the acting editorial director of TV Week and Who magazines. She's also the co-host of Playing Devil's Avocado podcast. Claire, Isaac, welcome to TV Black Box. Thank God. It was literally like I was walking onto a stage. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you here, and I've got to tell you, uh, editorial director of TV Week and Who magazines, that's a pretty big remit. It is. It is. I think they carved it up and they just went, well, these two magazines do entertainment stuff. That will, that will work together. <laughs> um, but it's good. That, I mean, the teams are smaller than maybe they used to be, you know, a few years ago, but they're mighty and very enthusiastic about television and about entertainment and um, celebrity stuff, and we all have a really good time. Oh, and look, there's no doubt TV Week has been in our lives for many, many decades. Oh, it's um, amazing. 
I remember in the 80s being a big buyer of TV Week every time Kylie Minogue was on the cover. Don't know what that was about. But, uh, <laughs> like, literally every week she was on the cover. Yeah. I know that wasn't your your time. but um, Could have been, Dale. What- could have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what works as far as... Uh, connecting with the audience for TV Week at the moment? Look, the TV Week audience, they, they just love buying TV Week. There's no, they don't stop. So for them, mm. it's the guide is the most important thing. They buy mm. it for their TV guide. They buy it because they want to know. What's now, see, TV. that's fascinating in this day and age yep. when we've got EPGs, that the guide in TV Week still plays such an important such role. Such a big role. And they love um they love to know about the show that they're watching, so, and that sounds dumb, but, you know, like the Home and Aways and the things like that that they have that every week, that there's something going to be happening that we can draw them draw their attention towards. Mm. Um, they love quiz shows. They love, some, you know, Sunrise randomly. They love, like, sorts of, <laughs> lots of, um, they just really love their TV. They love what it means to them. It's the end of the day. It's sitting down with your TV mm. week. It's looking what's on. Um, it's sitting there with your remote and your beer or your, you know, glass of wine. And it's just, it's people who really love TV still buy TV Week. And that's a delight. It's a delight to work on a, on a brand that is just so intrinsic to the Australian psyche. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's just been yeah, there course. for so long. And I hadn't really ever experienced working on that magazine at all. I've worked on so many others over my career. And being able to be a part of that is really special. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm very envious. What an amazing thing you get to do. Yeah. And, of course, with TV Week comes the TV Week Logie Awards, <laughs> which we've does. always loved over the decades. But it's been making a bit of news lately, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask because there are rumours that Seven is in play. What can you tell us? I cannot confirm or deny any rumours about the TV Week Logies at this point, Rob, I'm afraid. <laughs> you know what? That was a very good answer for a question that I gave you without notice, and she's probably thinking, why did I come on if you was going to ask me that question? Uh, look, it's a very fair response, and uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens with the TV Week Logie yeah. Awards. Look, because, I think um, it's a very, it's a huge part of Australian television history. Mm, it would be, absolutely. It would be a shame and an absolute horror show if it didn't happen. So I am very... Is there like, doubt? Because I... No, 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 but what I mean okay, is Okay, like, good. I, know what I, mean is like, <laughs> I feel like people are a bit like, oh, you know... Could be daggy now. Is it time for something else? You know, but I think Do you know what? Not after last year. No. After the two years off, I was oh, on the red wasn't carpet. Wasn't it so fun? It was just it so was fun. It was so mm. much fun. Great. And you could tell all the talent was so happy to be there. That's right. There, there was No one was jaded. No one was like, oh, here we go. They were genuinely excited because they hadn't had it for two years. All the talent, all the PR people, yeah. everyone covering the red carpet were really pleased to be there. It mm. was so, and it was lovely to watch it from the other side and just see how much excitement there was and how much goodwill there was towards mm. the brand. And um, I, so, yeah, but I cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> anything about next year. All right, I'll take that as a comment. 
<laughs> All right, let's get into the news stories of the week. And for some, there isn't anything quite as exciting as the ratings race. And for the networks, being number one in any given year truly is the pinnacle of success. But when it comes to the art of spin, almost anyone can claim that mantle. Nine's Chief Executive Officer Mike Sneesby last week made the claim that Nine had drawn further ahead in the 2022 ratings year to date, once again dominating the key demographics in free-to-air TV. But that has now been disputed, with sources at Seven claiming official survey figures show the Reds are actually in front of the Blues. Ostem data cited in The Australian shows that Seven is number one in the ratings in both year-to-date metric and the official TV ratings year, which began on February 6. An anonymous industry source told the paper that, that the data Sneesby was referring to was selective and not a fair representation of the year's ratings. They said some of Nine's figures failed to include seven strong ratings from the Commonwealth Games, which have always been included in official ratings data. Matthew, is this old-fashioned fair game spin or is Sneesby out of line to claim he's winning the year? Um, I, I think it, 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 for me, it's tough to say because I'm still relatively new to the industry. I, I understand that spin is a thing that happens with everything and it happens almost every year. And I, I don't believe that this is the first time a, an, an executive or someone high up has claimed the win. Because that, 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 I feel like that has happened a couple of times just in the last year or two that I've been around. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but that's correct. Yeah. Yes. So... I know you're not in a position to make a final judgment, but Judge Rob is in the house and ready to rule, but I'll go around the room a bit first. Uh, Claire, as as being involved with TV Week, you're having to deal with spin, but you don't guys don't report on numbers, but they're yeah. certainly trying to use those numbers to entice you into what are the good shows and what's what's working from an audience point of view. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I think the interesting about this is that they're taking the sport out of the ratings to, to, to try and get these numbers up. And I think that that is something that TV Week readers would go, what? Like, because they all watch so much sport. And yep. Sport is a just an integral part of TV watching for Australia. So if you're taking that out, that's just dumb. You know, like you can't. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, that just doesn't work for Australia. Like it would might work for a country that don't have that sort of real you know, thing about sport as being the what number one thing that we watch on TV. But, like, taking the Commonwealth Games out is just a, is just a dumb move. Well, there so, is some history here from the point of view that um, it is not unusual to take a big two-week sporting event of course. out of the claims that are made by a network. Yeah. It's always been a weird thing. Whoever has the Olympics, you traditionally minus those two weeks. Um, and in actual fact... At the 2022 Olympics, uh, no, 2020, I'm trying to think. The Olympics have been all over the place, so I'm trying to remember. It was in the last couple of years Mm. that Seven got a bit up in arms because Nine hadn't just taken the two weeks out when they were talking about ratings. They had taken the overflow days, which traditionally weren't excluded, and it became this whole thing. So Seven accepted the taking out of the Olympics, but then the dispute became, is it just the fortnight, i.e. 14 days, or is it the spillover days as well? Mm. So it's not unusual to take sporting events out. No, but it does does kind of bring up the, the, the question of should that happen mm. yeah. if you're then, you mm. know, really going to be reporting on proper data. I think for TV week readers definitely watch sports, so they probably... You know, I mean, I don't know how influenced they are by ratings, to be honest, anyway. I think they just watch what they want, watch what they like. 
Um, and it would only influence us in, you know, if, for example, the block is doing amazingly well at the moment, so every magazine in the country will be doing as many stories on the block as they can because it makes sense <laughs> because, mm. you know, it's what people are interested in. But um, I think overall, I don't know how influenced we really are by, you know, sort of middling shows and middling numbers and, and working out general who's in who's on the top. It doesn't mm. really matter to us. It's show by show matters to us probably more. Yeah, I think that's a very, very good point. Philip, the hard thing here is that now it's very different to how it was once upon a time. Once upon a time, it was Five Cap City Metro, who is number one in total people. Now we've got networks trying to say, oh, it's not just Five City and Metro, it's national figures if that suits our purpose. It's 25 to 54 is our core demographic. Although if we've done well in the 16 to 38s, we'll take that as well. So it's... Basically, you can spin it any way you want. Well, you can, and they always have. Um, you know, I don't see those ratings reports anymore, but yeah, I, I would I would look look at them daily, and particularly from seven and nine. Now, if you didn't know what was going on, you could look at both those reports and think both those networks won the night because that's the way <laughs> they presented it. Uh, so, you know, certainly if you're new to the industry, it can be very confusing. For sure. Uh, and you know it's it's such a fractured sort of thing to look at now with catch up and and supplementary channels and then you know where does streaming fit into it? It doesn't. It, it, sure, yeah. I, I think it's a very difficult landscape to analyse now. It, it really is, and and there is a reason why everyone can smile. Here's the thing um, that I would say as part of a judgment in that it's a bit disingenuous from Seven to ignore the fact that Sneezeby and Nine play to 25 to 54. They've actually said, we don't care about um, overall ratings, total total people, even though they'll obviously tout it when the block gets 1.2 million. They do say our core business is 25 to 54. So when he's talking about rating success, he's talking about, and he specifically said, dominating the key demographics in, in free-to-air TV. Now, I'd have to give an update on... I'd have to get an update on whether Nine are still winning, winning in the 25 to 54s, but that's where he's talking. So what I would argue here is they're both right, and I know that sounds like a okay. cop-out, <laughs> but the simple fact is they are both right. Seven is really strong at the moment on declaring themselves number one because that's how they want to be seen to the marketplace because that is a position of strength, and Nine while they'll take number one in total people, they really are after 25 to 54, and that is everything their advertising is based on. So the hammer is coming down. It's a tie. Congratulations, <laughs> both. <laughs> All right. Judge Roll well has said. spoken. Well, the Masked Singer came to an end on Sunday night when Mirrorball was revealed to be Melody Thornton from the Pussycat Dolls, and she was crowned the winner. Husey correctly guessed her identity, but audiences are smelling a rat. Social media was rife with speculation that it was rigged, with some saying the producers must have given Husey the answer, not buying that he would even know who Melody Thornton was. Some even speculated that it was part of the contract with the international pop star to have her take the title, claiming the runners-up, Hugh Sheridan and Sheldon Riley, were better performers. This is the second season in a row that saw an international name crowned the winner. Uh, Robbo, I've got to be honest... I don't know who Melody Thornton is, and I'm, I don't say that is... Well, I don't even know who she is. That's my ignorance. I know who the Pussycat Dolls are. We're in a fragmented world. I certainly know who the Pussycat Dolls are. Don't know any of their names. Um, 
Does this caliber of star impress you? Uh, I, I've got to be honest with you. I don't know who she is either. It's weird that Husey, who can uh, he he guesses celebrities who are big names. Uh, this one's not a big name, but he he thought uh, whoever advised him to do this uh, should be uh, hauled across the coals. <laughs> no, he's making the coin. Is yeah, but but whoever's told him, oh, you need to do this. This is a really bad call. It's a really bad call um, because he doesn't know who people are. He barely knows who the other people on the panel are. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's face it, so does the rest of Australia. Sorry. Um, but can, uh, can we, For a moment, this whole um, thing that the producers told him who it was, I actually don't believe that. I, oh, I, I do. I believe I do. 100%. I do. He, no one knows who he, he never guesses a small name. and he's He does all a, of a breakfast sudden... radio show. He knows who pop culture references are. He no, doesn't. He would not. Program that radio but show. Of course not. No idea. Who but he knows no who he's back announcing. He didn't know anyone else on the season. How the hell does he know Melody he, Thornton? No. He guessed Pavarotti, Rob. Yeah. And he's been <laughs> he's dead, dead, dead for <laughs> many years. I was going to joke that he probably guessed someone dead, and he did. <laughs> well, I think. I think what happens with this? No, no, no. I think what happens with this is is part of the drama and part of the the fun of that show was meant to be that it, it that it was someone who was masked, someone who we didn't know. I, I think they've really kind of dug a few feet in their grave for this one by saying to him, uh, hey, can you do this? Because it 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 does not fit. It doesn't fit with the, the, the previous seasons of the show. Mm. Uh, we don't know who mm. she is. Well, if it um, does not fit, you must acquit. Don't know what that means, but... Um, but, <laughs> but Hang on. You don't know that pop culture reference? OJ Simpson trial, the glove? Oh, if yeah. it does not fit, you must acquit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> we all now do. A little bit dramatic for the masking of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just think it was a bad call. It, it kind of buries the show a bit more, I think, because there's I also, no way. I agree. I agree. And also, I, I mean, I think it's wrong for us to assume that people don't know who she is because I think that yeah. apparently the Pussycat Doll fans hmm. were up in arms and they were also had picked her from way before, but, like, imagine how many of them there are in the world yeah. compared to how many people, like, families sitting at home watching Masked Singer would go, I have no idea who that is. It could be Nicole Scherzinger because she sounds American. Yep. Don't know. But only saying that because, and Claire, you know, there's Claire, there's how clues. many Husies do you think in the world know who that person is? How many Husies in the world do you think? I think no Husies. Yeah, that's right. That's my point. <laughs> the answer to that is no Husies. Yeah, half a Husie. <laughs> maybe half a Husie. I that's in his love Husie. <laughs> Will not have a bad word said against him. But, Claire, let me ask you this. Do you really think that part of the contract for this show is that they, that the international act has to be crowned the winner? winner. No, I don't believe no, that. No, I don't either. I mean, I I would have loved Sheldon to win, but that's because I'm a Eurovision fan and I really wanted him to win that as well. <laughs> yeah, he was great. But I also, I get that you don't have any say in it and I get that there's a mystery associated with who's mm. under these stupid costumes and I would love it to be Mariah Carey or someone. So we can hear that. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. But they're not going to get Never going to happen. <laughs> the disappointing thing is that it's always going to be the secondary pussycat doll. It's yeah. never going to be the first pussycat doll. It'll be the other Spice Girl. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's a shame and it's just... Mm. I agree with you that um, he shouldn't have done this show because it's just not, it doesn't fit with his brand. It doesn't fit with 
the idea. Hang on, this some... is the man that did Australia's Got Talent and fronts pretty much anything. Like, I don't know why this is a problem for his brand. I, I, I because really he's don't. Not a, because you're supposed to at least know who musicians are. <laughs> surely, <laughs> surely you're supposed to have a little bit of. Well, a... he works on radio. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All fair right. Enough. Look, there's more drama in the broadcasting rights for the AFL, just as a network is on the verge of securing them. The Federal Communications Minister, Michelle Rowland, has been forced to speak with key media stakeholders to clarify controversial comments made about the sport's lucrative TV rights. And she said, and I quote, Free-to-air television is universally available and accessible, and it is an important source of information, education and entertainment for all Australians, regardless of their means or location. I encourage the AFL Commission and its broadcast and streaming partners to ensure there is no diminution in the availability of AFL matches on free-to-air television under the New Deal. But what became telling after those comments were aired were just who Minister Rowland spoke with to further discussions. Top-tier executives of the AFL and senior figures at Seven and Foxtel. Missing from the conversation? Both nine and ten. As a deal looks set to imminently close, it's a sign that Seven and Foxtel are in the box seat to retain the rights. This is interesting on a number of levels that the communications minister, no less, is actually getting involved and saying, I'm watching, Philip, I'm watching what you do, and basically free-to-air TV is not to lose any more games to pay TV. That's essentially what she's saying here. Uh, well, well, yes, and also we've got a Labor government. They're meant to represent everyone, Um I suppose the Liberals are too, but they don't. Um, so, uh, look, I, do you think she genuinely cares or do you think it was politics? I'm not really sure. Uh, can I tell you, I've actually met Michelle Michelle Rowland uh, only a couple of weeks ago. She came by, 4BC was broadcasting from the ECA. She came along, said hello, had a meeting with some um, some of the execs, but I did get to talk to her for a bit. I found her to be a very genuine person who actually is very interested in the industry and what's going on. Oh, well, look, I, I think it's great if, if Free Air retains most of those major sports rights. I think we all have a sneaking suspicion that won't be the case in the future. But I... You know, I, I do think you fundamentally you shouldn't have to pay to watch your biggest sports in Australia. Yeah. And and she clearly thinks the same. So, mm. yes, I think it was a, you know, back downstream as sort of comment really, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we're watching this space because there's a lot of reports that Foxtel want Saturday games exclusively on Foxtel, and that would mean a problem for games in Western Australia and Adelaide because the local teams are currently shown on Seven whenever they play. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this deal when it's announced, and soon, I should think. All right, we watched her grow up on our screens, but Australia's sweetheart, Kate Ritchie, has landed herself in some hot water after reports emerged that she had been charged with drink driving. After being pulled over last week and recording a blood alcohol reading of 0.06, which is 0.01 over the legal limit, she was fined $600 and banned from driving for three months. In a statement on Instagram, she said, recently I undertook a random breath test, although it was low level the test came back positive i made a poor decision and there is no doubt i understand the seriousness of my actions i'm truly sorry currently katie's on plan leave from her nova fm drive show the network has confirmed that she will be returning in a week's time claire once upon a time 
If a celebrity was found to have been drink driving, that could have been a career killer. I don't see that being the case here. No, I don't either. I think she will be fine. I think she will be on Australia's Got Talent whenever that starts, the middle of September, and I think that everyone will forget about <laughs> forget about it. I do think it's interesting. I do think um, either there needs to be. I mean, I think it's really interesting that you can um, that we know this about her for a start because obviously many of us have had a drink driving thing happen to us mm. over the years, and um, and I think that. But but network executives that have had this have played out in public, so yeah, it, you know, like when yeah, there's a sniff of television and celebrity oh, of course it's going to be reported it's the winning combination um and i you know i feel like she was wrong to be driving on a monday afternoon and she of course knew she was uh, over the limit and just took her chances as we many people have done allegedly over the time <laughs> 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 i do i do um i do think that she will get a slap on the wrist that um, she'll But she's also doing her time. So legally, yeah, she's, yeah. you know, she's lost her licence for three months. Yeah. Um, she paid $600, you know, all fine. she has fine. to do the Insta apology. She just has to do it. That's what yeah. her, that's, you know, that's part of her contract as being a celebrity, if nothing else, is that you have to sort of accept your fate and, and talk about how wrong it was and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I think she'll be fine. I think she'll be fine. It's not like she killed somebody. I mean, if, you know, if, if there was something more to it, if something happened from this, then I would understand if there was a bit of outrage. Um, as it stands, I think that her career will be fine. Um, she's also a mature woman. I think people also think about her as Sally from Home and Away and think yeah. of her as, like, 12. Um, you know, she's a But that also who, plays for her with her endorsements and everything like that. It does, of course, it does. Um, it's interesting. I, I just, I just see her getting on AGT and it all being fine, and three mm. months from now, no, no one remembering. And but the fact is, Matthew, people are calling for her to be sacked from her radio gig on Nova. No, I don't necessarily think that they need to. I think Sophie Formica... <laughs> Nobody needs to complain about anything, mate, but no, they do. not at all, not at all. <laughs> Have um, you met the people that complain? Just a few, just a few. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Sophie Formica put it best, and possibly the only thing from this would be possibly brand partnerships. Because now yes. if you want to make a brand deal with Kate Ritchie and, it, you know, you, like... I don't know. I wouldn't be like selling wine and going to Kate Ritchie first. You know what I or mean? Cars. Like, or cars. Why? We know she yeah. enjoys a drop. It's truth in <laughs> advertising. She could sell like most tequila. There's a, moment, <laughs> there's a moment in time where those jokes are fine. You know, where that, that <laughs> exactly. is fine and you can do that. I'm Kate Ritchie. I'm partial to a wine or two, as you might know. And can, you know, like you can do <laughs> yes. that, but you might have to wait a little while. Yes, there's there's exactly. sort of a, a too soon exactly. element <laughs> after AGT when she doesn't get another gig. Then she can do the yeah maybe i reckon i could just possibly see some brands being a little bit hesitant other than that i think yeah i agree she's gonna be fine if you Um, rate and you are popular and you make money for a media company you are fine Mm. do not worry about it if you're still on and that's the thing robo if the audience turn against her and stop listening to the show that will be the deciding factor. And then Nova would yeah. come out and say, "Oh my God, this is just disgusting, and we can't believe it, and uh, we don't we don't approve of this." But they're mm. being quiet because she still rates and she's still on the roster. So yeah, whenever absolutely. we sit here and think that TV or radio or any media in Australia have any kind of moral high ground, they don't. Oh, it only no, happens. No moral high ground. Mm. It only happens when it hurts the bottom line. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of which, one of Canada's leading commercial television networks, CTV, is under fire after their news reporter was reportedly sacked for going grey. Lisa Laflamme, who has been with the station for 25 years and hosted its flagship nightly news program for more than 10 years, posted this message on Twitter. On June 29th, I was informed that Bell Media made a, quote, business decision to end my contract, bringing to a sudden close my long career with CTV News. I was blindsided and am still shocked and saddened by Bell Media's decision. At 58, I I still thought I'd have a lot more time to tell more of the stories that impact our daily lives. Instead, I leave CTV humbled by the people who put their faith in me to tell their story. While not disclosing a reason in her video, it has been reported that a senior CT executive questioned who had approved to let Lisa's hair go grey after she stopped dyeing it when salons were closed during the COVID lockdowns. Although the network is denying her hair was a factor in the decision, Lisa's sacking has sparked an open letter from 40 Canadian celebrities and politicians about sexism in the workplace, and burger chain Wendy's Canada even changed their iconic red-headed mascot to grey. Lisa's contract still had two years remaining. Philip, what I'm about to say is a case of do not shoot the messenger, please. But there is still a major issue around the world and in this country about older women on TV and radio and presenting. There are no grey-haired women presenting news in this country. There are not. They, If they are going grey, they are dyeing their hair Now, the question is, was her going grey affecting ratings? I don't know the answer to that. Whether you like the attitude of this executive or not, could he possibly have been right that grey hair is a turn-off for audiences? Well, look, I I don't know if I agree with that argument. You know, up until recently, you haven't seen many black faces on Australian Mm. television either, quite frankly. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, look, I don't know. I've seen images of this woman and she's really beautiful and she's really beautiful with grey hair. Uh, so I don't know that I buy into that. I kept wondering if there was a, you know, a different agenda. Yes, like you, whether the ratings have fallen off a cliff or something. I don't know. If you read women's magazines, grey is the coolest colour ever for women. And, you know, there's been stories about Keanu Reeves dating his girlfriend who has grey hair. I understand that, but are the realities that viewers choosing their 6pm news, and we know that it is, this is completely sexist, right, because men can get old, have wrinkles and go grey. Now, we're seeing a lot of older women on TV, as you said, we're seeing people of colour on TV, but ultimately, if you look around, do a quick whip around of the news services in this country at 6 and uh, 5pm, um, there's no grey, it's mostly white men and even white women are hosting these um, news services. The only person outside of that is Narelda Jacobs who is hosting, I think she's hosting the 5pm news in Perth, which she does from the Sydney studios. Yeah. Robbo, do you think audiences accept uh, will or will accept a grey-haired woman? Look, I think they would. Uh, I, I want to go back to a thing of if you're on television, uh, your appearance is controlled uh, and that's just completely part of it. Uh, whether it's fair or not, it doesn't matter. 
really in the scheme of things. She signed a contract. I think I told you to shave your beard once, didn't I? Oh, well, no, no. I was, well, was going to. No, you, I, you wouldn't let me uh, have a beard. Yeah. The point is, is that if you're on television, there is an idea of what you look like and that is what's been approved and you can't change that. Now, whether that's fair or not, of, of course it's not fair because if it's okay for a man to be grey, it should be okay for a woman to be grey, of course. Um, we don't know the full details mm. on this one, but uh, that that is a big part of being on television. You, whether you're a newsreader, a reporter, you're a soap actress, a soap actor, whatever, your hair and mm. look must remain the same. That's just what it is. So if her contract was signed as being, this is what you need to look like, and she has gone, well, I'm not doing that anymore, that's fine. But welcome to showbiz. Showbiz is a piece of shit industry. They're all mm. assholes. That's a very interesting thing that you say, though, because for all of the sexism, if you are hired to look the same because that gives people a sense of comfort to know that every night they're going to see the same person reading the news looking the same. So even if the world is chaotic outside, your newsreader is the same person looking the same, has done for 20 years, then that is not sexism at work. It's some it's ageism at yeah. work, but it's a, it, a weird... Yeah, for mm. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> To, to just go on that, you, you, you mentioned, um, you know, the same newsreader for 20 years. Well, the whole reason why these newsreaders are grey is because they started off when they weren't grey. So, to me, <laughs> I would rather stick with the newsreader I've been trusting and watching and listening to for 20 years, 10 years, whatever it's been, than usher in a, a potential new one that is completely new to the market. Like, to me, I, I don't know why viewers wouldn't accept because if they're grey, you've probably watched them already for a long time and you trust them. Like, you would have to go to a whole new person. Do you, do you know what? Trust... Trust is one thing, but I can honestly tell you that newsreaders' ties, people will call up to reception and complain about a newsreader's tie uh, or if they have some lint on their their <laughs> bed jacket. You know, they could be introducing the biggest, most important uh, story of the day. Today, as we're recording this, uh, on the 31st of August, uh, it is 25 years since Princess Diana died. A newsreader could be there introducing the fact that Princess Diana has died, big news, and someone might complain about the tie or something wrong with the suit or the dress that a female presenter is wearing. Anyone, any female presenter anywhere in the world, but in this country as well, has copped so many um, complaints through reception or messages uh, uh, having a go at what they're wearing and the way they look and the way they've got their hair. This is really females more so than men, mm. but it does happen with men on the, the smaller side of ties and things like that. But if you think for one moment people are just watching the news and taking in what's actually happening, you would not be you would not believe how many people complain about those things. Mm. I just I wouldn't give it the time of day if it was me. If I see something on TV and I didn't like it, I'm not going to ring up reception. That is such a Karen move. <laughs> well, let, let's not forget Naomi Robson and the lizard on her shoulder. Her career never recovered. Never recovered. You, you, know, you know, the thing that gets me about that, though, and it's weird, I went to Australia Zoo just last weekend and I was thinking about that because she wore khaki and everyone had to go to wear in khaki and then that became a thing to pay your honour to Steve Irwin, but because she did it and the media were against her, even though the audience loved her. This was one of those media yeah. bubbles where the audience hated everything she stood for and today, tonight stood for, but the audience loved it. I love it. You know, the dads loved coming home and watching Naomi Robson and the wives liked watching the, sh the stories and whatever it was. And she put a lizard on her shoulder, <laughs> uh, over uh, on her chest, 
because she was talking about Steve Irwin. I mm. never understood the media beat up, and that was the beginning of the end for her, I think. It mm, was just it was. absolutely ridiculous, and, and there was no doubt at the time Nine were feeding into that, playing this how disrespectful is that when it was all about respect, and then people do the same things later on and it's fine. Um, yeah. That was a weird moment in television history for me. Yeah, I think it's levels, though. I think that because she she was on the and I love her, I adore this woman. Um, there are uh, there are levels, and I just think even now you couldn't have Mark Ferguson turn up uh, if uh, Terry <laughs> not dies. doing the news. She was doing today tonight. Yeah, I big difference. No no, 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 no. But to the audience and to everyone, she's on the same level. She's behind a desk. After the news, part of the news package, it's uh, seven news and today, tonight. That's how it's packaged always, 6 to 6.30. Mm. All of that. You you can have a weather person with a lizard on them. You can have a reporter with a, with a lizard on them. You, you just can't have your anchor with a mm. lizard on them. And I, I still think uh, that sticks with, the, with me now. What about a grey a gray lizard would be even worse? <laughs> <laughs> and, and May Long today, tonight, rest in peace. Uh, all right. I was lucky enough to be invited onto the morning show uh, last week to talk about the hot topics in there, the buzz segment. I was very excited. Uh, had to do it at work because it was on. A, it was going to be on at ten o'clock in the morning, and uh, so I got into work early. I was getting through all my work. Matthew uh, also works at Four BC from time to time, and he was there and helping me with. This setup. So I took in my camera, my lights, you know, I was going to make this look the bee's knees. Anyway, I'm setting up and I'm missing a cord to get the camera into the laptop. So I'm like, okay, how do I work around this? And what, and so sorry, I'm sorry. Was, was Rob calm at this point, Matthew? Was he just super chill uh, and relaxed? It, w- it was like, you know, when you watch someone and their head is ticking and spinning? So, like, on the outside, <laughs> the way he would talk to me was calm, but it was just like it was all happening oh. one second by one second by one second. <laughs> Good to hear. I've changed, Robbo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... There I am thinking, I'm on at 10 o'clock. Now, what I didn't realise is that I had received a text saying, oh, the spot is now at 9.45. And I I quickly saw the text and thought they meant be set up by 9.45 because I had it in my head, this cross is after 10. I thought, I'll make this work. So anyway, I threw, didn't throw, I I got the uh, camera out of the way because I saw that, Robbo. I knew what you'd think. You really changed. I I moved the camera out of the way and I went, I'll have to do it via my phone. Now, I have this mic that plugs into the phone, but then I can't have an earpiece. And I'm thinking, okay, I can get audio to them, but how am I going to hear Larry and Kylie? So I think I'll use my laptop and connect via Zoom, do a second connection to Zoom so that I can hear I can hear the studio feed. So basically I'm doing two connections to Zoom because this cross was over Zoom. So I'll use my phone and I'll use my laptop. And so I plug them in and I'm setting up and they're like, oh, your camera's in the wrong orientation. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm there like, geez, we're we're flying here. I've I've, I've worked this out so well. And then all of a sudden I see Sam Mack and Kylie Gillies go, oh, there Rob is. Welcome, Rob. And I'm on air. And I'm literally moving back from the camera going, oh, shit, what's going on? At this point, I've completely forgotten the topics we're talking about. (laughs) And, of course, what does Sam Mack do? He throws the first question to me. (laughs) What was the first question? 
The, uh, it was about uh, now. See, that was last week. I've even forgotten what the <laughs> topics were. But um, but I managed to. Uh, I think I managed to um, get through it okay. Matthew said it came across okay. Anyone who saw it didn't realise I would, I'd just been literally freaking out seconds before. And how many times, Robbo, does that happen with television where? You've done so many live crosses for Studio 10 and and Sunrise and all these other shows. How many times does it happen that you just make a live cross moments before you're on air? Um, All the time. It would happen constantly where you would have been told, okay, you're on in half an hour, no worries. The cameraman puts the camera down and then you just hear a shrieking, shrill voice uh, coming through your earpiece. Sometimes it's not even in your ear. It's on your shoulder and you can just hear... Is that a bird somewhere? No, I know you put it in. <laughs> Someone is screaming at you that you're on in uh, two seconds. Uh, it happens a lot. Also, the fun ones of um, where we're just uh, doing a rehearsal or whatever, uh, and then you hear uh, Sarah Harris at the time would say, and, and what else is happening, Robbo? Hey. Didn't, didn't know we were, I mean, but that was, that's what I would do. That was my shtick. I would just say, didn't know we were on. Great to have you. We're here. So that would happen a few times as well. That, that's what makes live TV fun. It just it, oh, it's I loved so it. I, I, you know, like I love stuff it. like that. Yeah. I just didn't want the morning show to think I wasn't taking the live cross seriously because no, I really was. No, I was so well, excited about it. Yeah, no, um, I remember a classic one with you, Robbo, where you were overseas. Oh, and it's in Thailand. The internet connection mm. was so laggy that it was a thirty-nine delay mm-hmm. from where Sarah Harris would ask the question. <laughs> And Robbo would answer. And when the techs were doing their checks with Robbo, they said, you can't use it. It's 39 seconds. And I went, no, this is a paid segment. We have to use it. And I went, we're going to have fun with this. And Robbo's like, we can't do this, Cross. He was getting so upset. I I said, Robbo, it'll be funny. It'll be funny. So anyway, I teed Sarah up that it's a 39-second delay from when she asked the question. And I said, make it fun. (laughs) Go with it. And... All, then, yeah, Robo, what happened? All I can remember is the wonderful Carlotta, a friend of the show. I, I could just remember hearing her laugh going <laughs> down the line. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it really was a case of Sarah asking the question, 39 seconds, and then she'd try to fill a bit and then you'd start answering oh. and then you'd hear the thing where she filled and you were so angry. And I'm like, and you came off and said, that was so unprofessional. I'm like, Robo, that was comedy gold. Mm. And when you saw it back... What did you think? Yeah, it was funny, but I just, you know, in those days, very stressed about doing the right thing. Um, but yeah, it was funny. Well, it it was would have fun. been like that. It would have been like that two Ronnie sketch you know, for the mastermind one, where he asked the question before last. So it's the question that they ask oh, is the one that the buddy, answer is the one before. Yeah, that buddy, the rest hilarious. of us we've been born after 1980. We don't know. But Robbo, it's a tale as old as time. Listen McKnight to Robbie. Yeah. He's always Robbie, right. Yep. So I, I couldn't work out which phrase you wanted me to use there, but yes, uh, <laughs> no, right. Sorry. yes. All right, still to come, more House of the Dragon for Foxtel, new hosts for the Great Australian Bake Off, and just why was a long-time actor fired from the role he's played for decades? You're listening to TV Black Box, the podcast. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. The new Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, has already been confirmed for Season 2. HBO is in charge, and Foxtel and Binge will bring the epic saga to Aussie lounge rooms. The premiere episode of the new series has already pulled in the biggest audience for any show on the streaming service. The West Australian Government has launched a $20 million production incentive through Screen West. The organisation will be in charge of the incentive alongside the WA Regional Screen Fund and the WA Post-Production Digital and Visual Effects Incentive. The state's culture and arts minister, David Templeman, said the fund will enable more national and international production companies to take advantage of what WA has to offer. Well, after clearing out its cast earlier this month, Foxtel has announced the new hosting and judging lineup for popular cooking competition series, The Great Australian Bake Off. World-renowned culinary expert Rachel Koo and King of the Pastry World Darren Puchis are the judges, while the new hosts are TV personalities and comedians Natalie Tran and Cal Wilson. The four will debut in the show's sixth season, which is set to screen next year. Actor Michael Fishman has announced that he will depart the Roseanne revival series, The Connors. Playing fan favourite DJ Connor in the original series for its entire run, Fishman's character will depart ahead of the revival's fifth season premiere next month. While the exact details of the character's exit have been kept quiet, it's believed the door has been left open for him to return in future episodes if he wishes. And that's certainly a better deal than what the original star of the show received, with Roseanne Barr's self-titled character killed off after the first season of the reboot, when the actress was fired for inappropriate social media comments. And Rob, that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. That's interesting about the door being left open, because he's come out... uh, Mm just today and said he was fired he was told he would he was not welcome mm. back for season five robo yeah well that, that is interesting and uh i i, I certainly uh <laughs> read the teleprompter on that one and uh <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah but look he's, he's look he's a great guy uh he played a great character and i think it's important that doors are left open um <laughs> For, oh my uh, god! People. All you had to say was, "I didn't know that, Rob." Oh, <laughs> three, two. No, oh, I didn't stay in him. Sorry. All right, now it's time to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching this week. Philip, what's been on your looky li- looky loo list this week? <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I, I was at a I was at a celebrity wedding on the weekend, Rob, and um, oh. <laughs> one of the guests re- highly recommended a show called Cleo K L E O on Netflix, which is uh, it's sort of described as a German comedy slash spy thriller. Uh, essentially, Cleo is a is a an assassin from East Germany that was locked up and now has been freed and is on the rampage. So I've only watched one episode. I'll I'll watch more. I, I have I'm not in love with it, but it's pretty intriguing. So that's one I've been watching. And uh, the, well, the other one I was going to mention was um, the 7:30 report with uh, Sarah Ferguson. 
So I've been dipping in and out of that to see what she's like compared to Lee Sales. And to be honest, I found her a little bit awkward to start with, but in the last few weeks I think she's sort of got her rhythm together and, yeah, it's a really good show. It, it does take time to grow into these roles. Mm. Mm. She was just sort of a, they they just were using really weird camera angles on her to start with, and it looked like she was like trying right. to jump out of the TV, and it was a bit uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. <laughs> I, I was thinking, what are they? You know, are they setting her up, or is this like meant to be new and modern? Anyhow, it's got a little bit more relaxed, and she's a very clever journalist, so I think she'll do really well in the role. Oh, fantastic. And uh, who is the floor manager on that show? (laughs) (laughs) Rob doesn't like you to give a lot of information about the show. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the gag I keep using week after week. I'm like a dog with a bone. Claire, what have you been watching? Well, I've got the most uninspiring, uncurrent affairs-y style shows. I've been watching Alone, season nine on Binge. Ooh. I'm obsessed with Alone. I'm obsessed with these people who want to go out into the wilderness and then just stay there by themselves and catch grouse and protect themselves <laughs> from bears and stuff. And this season they're in Labrador, which is, you know, in the far north of Canada. And it, we're promised polar bears. And quite frankly, I'm very disappointed because I haven't seen one yet. <laughs> Every single rustle that's in the bushes is always a bird, even though they, you know, go to the ad break. <laughs> they go to an ad break with a hope that's not a bear and it never is a bear. Um, oh, so, but it's so it's just so good. And then Alone Frozen, which is its spin-off, which is the six people who've been on Alone before come back for more for some reason, God knows why. Um, and they too don't see bears. But it's a very, very good show <laughs> because I'm not a camper by any means. So watching these people make a, you know, a raft out of twigs and twine is very uh, appealing to me for some reason. And then I've also been watching Bad Sisters on Apple TV, mm, which is okay. Sharon, Sharon Horgan's new comedy sort of drama. It's black comedy about some sisters who um, may or may not kill the... Uh, abusive husband of one of them of one of them um, oh. and it's got bono's daughter eve in it uh, it's just really good sharon is an amazing writer and she's a really good actress and it's just a really good dark irish show with lots of sort of irish whimsy and kind of fun in it as well but yeah <laughs> it's really good i really enjoy it so i recommend that there's a, i think there's only three episodes so far so okay mm. um I haven't been watching a lot this week except bits and pieces of stuff, but the family is re-watching Shit's Creek. My eldest oh, daughter love. is just in love with that show, so we tend to watch that over a bit of dinner at times. And I'm um, still watching 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, which I just love. It's always good for a laugh. I just want the most recent episodes. I don't know how I can get them. Uh, the, the ones on Amazon Prime Video where I'm watching them are on, like, season five. And I know there's a lot more after that. And uh, I should mention Shit's Creek was on Netflix. Great viewing and I'll do a mock and a bit of Doctor Who in there as well. Matt, what have you been watching? <laughs> um, so I know it was on Bidgebox uh, last week, but I've stuck with House of the Dragon. And I know last week mm. I was tossing up whether, oh, would I watch episode two straight away? Would I wait or whatever? But no, I, as soon as I kind of saw it come up on Binge, it was Monday evening, so I didn't watch it live because um, I forgot about it. And I saw it come up and I went, oh, no, like, I was actually excited to go and check that out again. And you know, I, I think it's good that I haven't watched Game of Thrones in a, in a live 
large capacity. Uh, so that way, I think I still kind of see the spe- spectacle of it all because it, it's just such a magnificently shot and produced show. It's, it's great. And it looks like episode three will be good as well. So I've stuck with that. Um, I probably will be there next week. We'll give an update. Uh, the other I one haven't I've... gone to episode two. Not yet. Hasn't but I feel like I will. Right. Cool. I think you should. It's, it's still really good, in, in my opinion, mm. anyway. Uh, the other one that we've... I couldn't been... stop myself watching it either. Yeah, right. I wanted to do what you wanted to do and not not watch it week by week and wait and binge it, but I've decided I can't, so... Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm too intrigued. And plus, I'll probably get a lot of spoilers, like the key spoilers on Twitter mm. anyway, so mm. I may as well watch it if I'm feeling oh, like it that, anyway. TV Line um, did a mentions something that happens in the show mm-hmm. and then says warning spoilers and it's like your description literally gave away <laughs> something that happens in the show now they weren't specific with the details but i haven't seen it yet and i am aware of something that happens mm. i reckon that's just bad bad form you don't need to do that yeah have to agree can't, can't, uh, I know Mog speak. doesn't agree. It's probably good he's not here. Otherwise, this podcast would go on another hour after that statement. <laughs> uh, the other one I've been watching. So um, I'm really big into reality TV and my girlfriend is a makeup artist. So there's a great combo of both. Uh, it's called Glow Up on Netflix. It's a makeup reality show. Um, so that they, they do these different looks for different challenges. And it's just, it's, it's crazy what they can do. I'm marveled because it's just completely out of my realm of knowledge whatsoever but i like the eliminations and seeing what succeeds and what fails and then listening to her say oh they should have done this this way or whatever it's a great little reality show it's uh, this was the fourth season so we've watched number well we started number four i think it's rolling out each week i could be wrong about that um and then we'll go back and watch the other three um but that's just great so yeah if, if you have an interest in makeup or like me you like reality tv it's really simple um, and it's, 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 you just marvel at some of the stuff they do and they get to work with uh, like a winning artist in a challenge might work with uh, someone on a Netflix show like Peaky Blinders I think was one like that's just amazing like you creating opportunities as well out of it um, wow. so that one's been really fun and been great for our little household so yeah oh, wow. that's the kind of show that my husband would say no to twice one for the makeup and two for the reality. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And then you'll put it on and he might watch it. Anyway. He might watch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did watch his show from the other week, Matthew, Instant Home or whatever it was called. And yes, no. I What's thought it was the... one of the worst TV experiences <laughs> really? I've ever had in my life. Oh, Squealing really? Americans. It was just horrible. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was neat. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our group binge, which was a mug pick which was The Bridge, which is airing or streaming on t- on Paramount+. Plus. But the first episode did go out on Channel 10, which means it's available on 10 Play. Now, Claire, you haven't seen this one, have you? I watched a bit of it. I tried to watch some of it. And I actually quite liked what I saw, but I must admit I only saw probably half of it. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, if you like Alone, I think this might be up your alley. Exactly. It, it involves a group of contestants working together to build a bridge, I think around 270 metres, and they need to complete it within 17 days. And then at the other end is $250,000. And the twist is that basically one person only can walk the bridge if they complete it in time, mm. and that person alone will decide whether to share the spoils. Yeah. Or take it for themselves. Yeah, it's a good uh, I've premise. got to say, 
I love this show. Mm. I think it was a really good recommendation. It's really well produced. I do find Hugo Weaving's oh, narration a bit over the top. It's so slow. It's like watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> or a horror film. But the way he starts it with, in the dark, dark wilderness, <laughs> that was the bit that sort of made me go, well, maybe I won't watch all of this. <laughs> I know. It's like he's going to come up. And kill him, you know. <laughs> one ring to bind them, one bridge to bind them. <laughs> but I've got to say, on the whole, I really enjoyed this. Uh, and and if I had Paramount Plus, I'd definitely be going back for more. Mm. It's one of those shows that makes me go, "Huh, oh, this is interesting. This is, I think Ten did a smart move by showing it on the main channel. Um, Robbo, what did you think of The Bridge? Well, at first I couldn't understand a bloody word they were saying and then I turned the subtitles on and I was back into it. So that's that's what concerned Seriously? No, that was a joke. I was just, I'm just making oh. jokes here. <laughs> Uh, Matthew said to me, uh, good luck while watching, and I thought, that's quite ominous when you're trying to watch a show. <laughs> I, I watched probably about 20 minutes. I didn't hate it. I thought that um, somehow they'd gotten a robot to become sentient and was able to deliver lines because that that blonde lady, the, one of the main characters, was just... I, I thought it was a, a, a joke where she <laughs> would deliver her lines like this and with no kind of emotion... <laughs> Um, and I'm not being racist to our Scandinavian brothers and sisters, but I just thought that everyone else had some kind of... Uh, I didn't realise there was a Scandinavian in there. Yeah, well, it's from Norway, aren't they? In Denmark. Are, are they Scandinavian? And maybe I am racist. They're all white, who cares? Um, they are Scandinavian. Thank you so much, Philip, thank you. Um, look, I, I would go back to it, but it was just one of those things where I thought, you need a lot of energy for this. Um, really? Yeah, and so that's that's where I was. Okay, thank you, Robbo. <laughs> was it me? Was it just me, or was it also the world's longest episode, or did it just feel like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sixty-six, I think. Sixty-six, right? Oh, okay. I loved it. All right, that shocks me. Thank that you, you Robbo. Liked it. I would. Sorry, thought, I would have thought you wouldn't like it because it's subtitles and. Hang on, uh, did you watch the Australian version? He didn't watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> you watched the drama series, didn't you, Robert? Which is a brilliant, brilliant drama series, by the way. But yeah, not the same show. So all of you sat there while I was saying to you I didn't understand the subtitles and then my Scandinavians... When, hang on, when we were talking about Hugo Weaving's voiceover, yeah. what did you think we were talking about? No, when I heard that, I thought, oh, I didn't, I didn't uh, watch it that far. So what? <laughs> I really did watch this this Scandinavian show on Stan called The Bridge. That's why I didn't understand what you were talking about. <laughs> I really, I really watch the US version of The Bridge drama series. It's oh, easier. So what Robert. are we watching? So it was the Australian reality show called The Bridge. Oh, the Bridge Australia. Oh, I didn't watch it because this woman was sawn in half. <laughs> she was sawn in half on The Bridge. I'm like, this what is did you watch? It's called The Bridge. It's Scandinavian. It's on Stan. I'm like, all right, The Bridge. I'm going to watch this. Well, we said Paramount Plus or 10 Plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lot of fun. We all have tricky weeks. Because <laughs> oh. normally, Rob, you're quite, you know, you're quite good with your laughs. And I thought, that, that subtitle joke's pretty good. But uh, you didn't. <laughs> it would have been if we all watched it. You laughed. Yeah. Wow. That. <laughs> that so is sorry. some. I couldn't wow. get through it. Philip, what did you think? Uh, well, Claire could tell you that I, I'm no big fan of reality TV. So <laughs> I, I came at it with very low expectations and 
in my head it was a chore to watch. So I was really <laughs> I was really pleasantly wow. surprised. I think it is really well made. Um, I think it's back to what the core of what reality used to be. You know, it had yeah. shades of Survivor. Yeah, uh, I think it's really well cast. There's plenty of people to hate in that cast. <laughs> but but also, Philip. There's a range of ages, a range yeah. of different characters. It's yeah. not just carbon copies, yeah. Instagram wannabes. Yes, you've got yeah. the Instagram influencer person who thinks she's the bee's knees looking for a selfie <laughs> moment, but you've got a whole range of characters that make this a really interesting cast. The woman yeah. that got run over by a truck. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, they all hate She wouldn't her. be on The Bachelor, would she? <laughs> <laughs> did she? I, did she, she didn't end up being a... Oh, I shouldn't give a spoiler. Um, yeah, no, look, I really enjoyed it. And I think if you love reality TV, you love something like Survivor, you will love this show. Uh, it definitely made me want to go back for more. I'm not sure if I will, but I would if I was glad. Mm, Matthew, what did you think? <laughs> Lucky for us all, you're not me. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 was, I found it really boring, actually. Uh, and possibly <laughs> that just comes from loving reality TV and like, I've, I've watched it develop, so I'm used to the hustle and bustle of gameplay changes and it, it's quick, it's fast, it's meet these people quickly, but I just found it really boring. And I also thought, now I might be wrong here, but I just, I thought that, it was taking itself too seriously. The bridge, the beacon. Like I just. Oh thought, yeah. That's oh Hugo. my god. That's seriously. <laughs> but it's also a production fold as well. Like clearly yeah. that's the direction they've put it in, and put casting in that role as well. I just thought it was like whoa, 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 whoa. It's just a reality. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like you don't have to take it so seriously. Yeah, you're not um, curing cancer here. You're no, just building exactly. a in the Tasmanian. No, rivers. hang on. Clear, clear, clear. We're not curing cancer. It's far more important it's than really, that. This is television. It's really building a bridge. I'm oh, sorry, I forgot where I was for a second. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think because of that, I was a little bit put out for the entire episode. Um, and I just, I just, yeah, I, I, I didn't find anything fun or. And I have to agree with a bit of Malk's assessment. The casting for me, it just felt like everyone was a bit too self-aware that they were in front of the camera. That doesn't mean I didn't like them or that their personalities. I like what you guys are saying, like the vast personalities and it's all someone very different. That's great. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, the whole collection of it just become boring to me. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to stick around for episode two. Mm. Okay. Well, I am. And uh, as I said, if I had Paramount Plus, still waiting for that subscription to come through from the uh, <laughs> PR team that yes. promised recipients of that first birthday cake a... Um, a free subscription, still still waiting. Anyway, that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Claire, you have been an absolute delight. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And don't forget, you can find Claire at the Playing Devil's Avocado podcast. It's a real, real good one. Make sure you go to it. And make sure you go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news. We will see you next week. Hooroo and bye for now. Hooroo? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I didn't realise it was that kind of podcast. Right? <laughs> hooroo. I've never said the words hooroo in my life. <laughs> oh, hang on, guys. We forgot to do a binge for next week. Let's do Doctor Who, the 11th Doctor, episode one, which you can find on BritBox, I think probably Netflix, Prime Video. The Doctor Who episodes are everywhere. Are we cool with that one? Yeah, that sounds yep. good. Yeah, sure. All right. So we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>
again. Bye. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.